This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. We'll get to game previews for those of you who do not care about line moving. And you just want to know who's going to win this game, who's going to advance out of my bracket. So let's start with uh, the biggest spread in uh, the East region. We have Purdue laying 22 and a half against 16 seed Fairleigh Dickinson, who is fresh off their first four win. Uh, total in this one, 145 and a half. This is a 6.50 p.m. tip-off from Columbus, Ohio. Jenks, it's a huge spread, uh, but it's a Purdue team that has not been good at covering numbers. Do you have a play you like? I am definitely not betting Purdue. Now, listen, this is this is the BetQL five-star play of the day, and their handicap is exactly what I put down as a handicap I would not make, which is it's very simple to say Zach Eady is the best player in college basketball. He's seven foot four, and Purdue is huge on the inside. Fairleigh Dickinson is the shortest team in D1 basketball. Their average height is six foot one, which is crazy to me. But Purdue is awful at covering the number. In their last seven games against teams with a winning record, the Boilers are 0-7. Not covered a single number. On the flip side, the Knights are 5-1 against the spread in their last six. They're getting all of the money. And yeah, then we saw it come down a little bit. And now maybe a little bit Purdue. A little bit of Purdue money is coming back in. But I think FDU is the right side here. If there was a side, I think it is fairly Dickinson. Because like I'm not laying 23 with Purdue. Are you kidding me? One no of the way. worst covering teams no. uh, in the country especially when it's that big of a number where it's just, I think at the end of the game, it's a point of pride. And here's the yeah. thing. There is also a blowout potential here because on paper, the matchup is so skewed in the favor of Purdue, because like you said, the size advantage, but I use this to, you know, my handicapping point last time around against Texas Southern. Obviously it's not the same thing, but if you have a team that can make shots, especially late in games, we saw it with Texas A&M Corpus Christi. They're willing to fire away a three at the end of the game. And if you're betting this large of a spread, like that's what you get. So it's a stay away from me unless you're on fairly Dickinson. So I think mm -hmm. I'd take the 23 with uh, the Knights of FDU. Let's go on to the next one on the slate as we are looking at Florida Atlantic against Memphis. Probably the best matchup, I think. Uh, at least according to the spread, uh, odds makers have the tires laying a point and a half and the total of 152 and a half. Jenks, I think this is the hardest one for me to just put, pick a winner. Yeah, I'm going to go Florida Atlantic on the money line here. And I'm just not fooled by what we saw from Memphis in the AAC championship game. And yeah, they were great against Houston, but Marcus Sasser didn't play in that game. Houston struggled a little bit last night before they finally pulled away at the end. Marcus Sasser banged up, didn't play in the second half. And so there are few teams in the country, Chelsea, that were as good at covering the number as the Owls of Florida Atlantic. 21-10-1 against the number. That is fourth best in the country. Do not sleep on the Owls just because they play in Conference USA. I like a lot of dogs today. I'm taking Florida Atlantic on the money line. I wouldn't talk you off of it, even though I think Memphis has a really good shot. On paper, these two teams are pretty evenly matched. We have two teams coming in with uh, both a top 40 offense and a top 40 defense. And here's the lesson I learned yesterday when betting on the West Virginia-Maryland game. If you believe a game's going to be close and a coin flip, those aren't really mm -hmm. games I want to bet on. Like, I will 
Sharpie in whoever I think is going to win on my bracket. But when I think that there is so much volatility and you're looking at a low point spread and extremely high total. So points are not going to be at a premium in this one. I don't see either team running away with this one. So if I think it comes down to free throws or one final shot, that's not really a game I want to bet on. Yeah, I I hear that. It's weird. And when I look at yesterday's slate versus today's slate, I, I love the slate yesterday, which I'm glad I didn't put out a ton of picks because I only went two and two and two of those were hockey picks. So I went one and one in college basketball, one and one on the ice. But there were a lot of picks that I liked yesterday. And today, for some reason, you just have days like this where I'm looking at the schedule and there's not a lot of plays that I feel super confident in. Oh, I'm in the exact same boat because yesterday there was a ton of plays that I didn't play that I felt like I had a pretty good read on. And maybe that was my own fault for not playing those games. But I think when you look at FAU and Memphis, whoever wins this game, I think has a good shot of it going pretty far in this bracket, just squarely because they've got Purdue, probably the softest one seed of any region. So I will be watching this game. But I don't think it's worth me betting on it because I think either side has a very good shot of winning. So let's go to the South region where we have 14 seed UCSB, Santa Barbara, squaring off with three seed Baylor. A big spread here is the Bears are laying 10 and a half, total 133 or 143, I should say, and a half. An early tip or an earlier tip, I should say, 1.30 p.m. from Denver. Jenks PJ Glasser came on the show and said this is his mm-hmm. favorite bet of the first round do you like ucsb getting the 10 and a half like pj i do i absolutely do baylor is like a relationship where you start off and things are going great and you believe in all the potential that you're seeing right with keontae george and adam flagler and they got scott drew as their head coach and then they struggle down the stretch and i'm like when is baylor going to come together when is baylor going to come together when is baylor going to come together Just like a relationship, you're like, when are things going to sort of come together here and this potential is going to be realized? And then sometimes you have to realize, wait, this is just how it is. This is who this person is. This is who this team is. So I'm going to break up with Baylor. The weird thing about the Bears is that they have one of the worst two-point defenses in the country. So inside the perimeter, Baylor can be had. Now, the only sabotage factor with the Gauchos is that their backcourt is – or just their team in general, is not very deep. But they're one of the better shooting teams in the country, and so I'm with BJ here. You see Santa Barbara plus 10.5. Let's go. Right, because when you see 10.5 points, automatically you think to yourself, okay, this is going to be a bit of a mismatch on paper, but is there some X factor that gives UC Santa Barbara a way to climb their way in to at least covering here? And I think that's the case, because you're right about Baylor. Every single time I have thought that they have had an easy outright win on their slates, it's turned into a loss. Like those games against Iowa State, they had no business losing those games, especially on paper when the metrics absolutely love them. Their offense, the number two ranked offense in the entire nation, but sometimes we just don't see it. So I think when you're getting the 10 and a half points, I'll roll with Santa Barbara here. I think it's a feisty matchup for the Gauchos. I think they're the Gauchos. That's a test of mascots. Yeah, it's the Gauchos. So I'll take the 10 and a half, and I will roll uh, with PJ Glasser, who really likes that bet as well. All right, Jenks. I've got to steady my nerves for this one. My Uh NC State Wolfpack are playing in the first round against six-seed Creighton. 
And let me tell you, when I first saw this matchup, I said to myself, good, great, grand, only one of the best teams on paper in the entire tournament. Like, are you kidding me for a six seed? So we've got Creighton laying five and a half, total of 149 and a half. Jenks, God, I don't think this is going to go well for my Wolfpack. Can you talk me off a ledge here? Mm, yes, I'll try. I don't have it in my handicap, but I'll try. Chelsea, you're a good person. Sometimes upsets happen in college basketball. North Carolina on a state that they won a <laughs> national title like in 1983 or something like that. Was that the year? I forget. Yes, it was. Okay. Look, hey, listen, this is what I would say to you as your friend and co-host is that who would have thought yesterday that Princeton would have won? Who would have thought yesterday that Furman would have won? Anything can happen in the tournament. The only thing that's scared, well, one of the things that scares me about your Wolfpack is that in their past two games, they haven't just lost. Like, they've been getting creamed, as you know. I know. Lost to Clemson, 80-54. <laughs> lost to Virginia Tech, 97-77. And it's not like the ACC is a powerhouse conference this year. The Blue Jays, here's here's an odd thing. The Blue Jays are 8-1 and one against the spread in their last nine appearances in the month of March. So there's something about this time of year that – they love. I don't I don't know what it is. It's a lot of points. So they've had a little break. Maybe they step up and get it done here. No, I don't think so. Uh, I am no? not getting my hopes up for this one. But the thing about NC State is they have a pretty high ceiling. They have top-level talent. Uh, Turquavian Smith, one of the premier guards in the ACC, is probably going to be a lottery pick. But when NC State plays bad, like they get absolutely crushed. So I think you either play NC State on the money line or – you take Creighton on the spread because this was the other worry I had. This line was four and a half, and I was comfortable mm -hmm. laying that with Creighton uh, just because they're a really balanced team. They don't rely too heavily on just being a good shooting team or just being a good defensive team. Uh, but the metrics are very balanced for Creighton, and uh, I think I'd still lean towards that side. Maybe it's a bit of an emotional hedge, but Creighton's defense, top 20 in the country, and their offense, top 30 in the country. So like I said, a very balanced team. God, I'm just preparing for the worst because I am just happy that NC State made it to yeah. the tournament because bottom line, Clemson probably had the better case, but I think it's a makeup call for the NCAA absolutely just <laughs> stomping on us in other sports. I'm not going to get into that, but Jenks, do you think I should play Creighton here and kind of hedge my happiness? Sure, why not? Just don't put a lot, don't put a lot of money on it. I do this all the time. If I'm like, look, let's hedge the... I, Sometimes I'll just put a little sprinkle and say, I'll be happy to lose this bet. Whatever your, you know, whatever your bankroll is, whatever your unit size is, whatever it can be, as little or as much as you want, clearly. So you can just put a little on there and say, you know what? If I lose like I think I'm going to lose, that's fine. Then I'll make a little money. If not, I'll be happy to lose this bet so that my team can move on. I do this on a regular basis. I don't think it's a bad call at all. Yeah, I can't wait for NC State to lose and cover. So, like, I don't win in any facet. Uh, one final thing before we get to break. Do you think these games being played in Denver has an impact? Because I've been to Denver. And when you play in yeah. high altitude, it can be tough. Do you think this plays a role oh, in totals? No question. The, the, the problem is how do you handicap it? And how does it affect each? Like, you can say, well, 
it affects each team clearly, but does it affect one team more than the other? And this is just another thing that when it comes to March Madness, it's one of those, it's, it's one thing to be a neutral site and then you're dealing with altitude, just another factor for what you have to account for. Yeah, in the NBA, we see it with Utah being mm-hmm. a great home team because they have the altitude advantage. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.